Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Boots and Backstraps. We are still live here in Shakopee, Minnesota at the Outdoor News Deer and Turkey Classic. KG, you just got uh, done running around a little bit. I did. I walked around this entire place, interviewed as many people as I could, and I made sure I started with, hey, brand new into hunting, don't know the lingo, but we're going to chat. And they're like, fantastic. And uh, we had a lot, there was some ridiculous conversations. Um, I did uh, go do some uh, TikTok dances downstairs for a while as well. Uh, shot a bow. Uh, uh, failed you shot a bow? I did. Let me see your forearm. Uh, no, How much damage? I, no, no, I was good on this one. It, it wasn't a compound, so I so I just basically, the arrow went that way. It was fine. It, it was at a foam tip. Everybody was safe. It was fine. <laughs> it was fine. I wasn't worried about everybody else, but more, set, more or less you. Oh, yeah, compound bow is, it's, that hurts, man. That hurts. I know it's not supposed to hurt because I'm doing it wrong. I get it, but... It's awful. All right, so you were just telling me a second ago you are downstairs dancing? I was downstairs, yeah, I was downstairs with, dancing. With Connor Reeve. With, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, I, was, I was walking through, and, uh, and Pat caught me, and then uh, we were talking about those TikTok dances, and then Connor walks up, uh, and Connor has almost a million uh, views on, uh, on a dance that he did. And I'm like, we're like, what? Let's see this dance. And before, be, before we actually saw it, which would have been way better to see it, uh, he, he just started teaching us. So we're, we're, and he goes, honestly, I just did this. And I go, that's it? He goes, yeah. But the video was actually really cool, but not the way he explained it. So we're standing there in the middle of all these people trying to walk around us. Uh, so are we going just like this? No, we got to right. turn sideways because that's the side side part. Like this. Like that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this feels good. Yeah, I like that. I like that. We tried a couple other ones too, but uh, that was the good one. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm super pumped right now because uh, we honestly have an amazing <sighs> guest here to sit and talk with Today us. Today has been a fantastic day, and it's only getting better. It is getting better. So we are joined here on our podcast by the most dangerous woman on TV <laughs> from Winchester Deadly Passion, Melissa Bachman. How are you? I'm doing great. Well, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you sit with us. Well, uh, this has been great, and I just got done with the seminar, and now I get to come talk with you guys, so way better. <laughs> a little more relaxed. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah, not a bunch of, like, bearded 75-year-olds asking about uh, scent blocker. <laughs> <laughs> so you, uh, you have a very successful television program, obviously. Well, thank you very much. Yep. I've been working at it for a long time, and, you know, they can't get rid of me so well it looks like just from the beginning you know for, for everything from getting out of school and everything I mean you had a plan she's a local girl she's local I, I know I know it's St. Cloud State yes, or, okay. yes. and, uh, and then from there you just you had a plan and you just took off which is really great well and the hard part is you know you, you come up with a plan but that doesn't mean it's gonna pan out right you right. have no idea if it's perseverance work. yeah perseverance and I just figured you know there's other people out there that probably love hunting as much as I do and there's people who will probably be better hunters than me but nobody's going to outwork me. Nobody's, nobody's better than you. I've seen it. No, it's that's fine. not true. But nobody can outwork me, and that's really the route that I went. And I thought, you know, there's going to be people that are great hunters, but if I work harder than everybody else, it'll work. And I really kind of just guilted people into sponsoring me um, is really the route it. I went. I love it. Is, I think that's business 101. Yes, it, it is. It really is, is. I did so much. And I never ask for anything, right? You just keep doing it, keep giving them things, keep going over and above. And it gets to the point where, like, gosh, guys, we kind of feel bad. This Melissa girl's been doing a whole bunch of things. We better give her some money or help her out with something. And in doing that route, and I think it's just so much more successful than coming in and saying, hey, I'm really great. Can you please pay me? People are like, no, no, that's not how this works. So I started and I worked at North American Hunting Club. I applied at, I think, 74 different locations when I got out of college. And wow. every person told me no. 
I was a straight A student. I thought everyone's going to be wanting to hire me. Not one person cared. And so what I did is I offered to work for free. And I said, I will work for free. I'll sweep the floors. I'll do whatever you need. And they're like, really? And I was like, yeah, but I can edit. I can shoot. I can do this stuff. And they're like, well, sweet. When can you start? And I said, tomorrow. And so that's what I started doing. I drove 150 miles a day back and forth to work for free. And then I had a waitress at night to pay for my gas money to go work for free every day. Um, and luckily, after four months, they hired me as a full-time producer, and I got the original job I applied for, and um, it worked out awesome. I worked there for four years as a cameraman, as an editor, traveled the world filming everybody else, and then I actually broke away, started my own company, and, and built up my show. Now, I was, I was reading this. Uh, Shane gave me a little bit of cheat sheet. Again, I'm brand new into yeah, this yeah. whole thing. I was telling him, I, I got to meet you a couple years ago at BoFast. Uh -huh. Like, a mutual friend of ours introduced us, and I got to chat with you for three seconds, uh -huh. but I was like, you can't tell right now, but she's like intimidating because she's so unbelievably ripped. <laughs> Just ripped. It's clear that this girl's not sitting on a couch very much. I eat Skittles. I uh, drink a lot of Diet Mountain Dew, and I eat Pop-Tarts for breakfast, and I don't work out. But no I am way. in the field all the time, and I'm hunting hard, and that seems to work better. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's the key to life. So with reading your, uh, your background here, uh, uh, what, what I saw was uh, during that time, you were filming your own your own hunts during that time and so and you got oh, I, I forgot what it's what it said like how like how much footage you you had mm -hmm. but at that point you basically had your own once you got somebody to look at it you had your own show yep and the hard part is is always that first step right mm -hmm. so what I would do is I'd film all these other guys they're doing their hunts and stuff and I'm filming them so I'm learning I'm an editor I'm putting their shows together and if I work 30 days straight which is a lot of days straight <laughs> they gave me five days off as a thank you during those five days, I had to go buy my own camera gear. They wouldn't let me use the gear at work. I had to save up my money, and I wasn't making very much. Right. Lots of gear. Went out, filmed my own hunts. Then I'd edit them, and I'd wait for someone around there to not get their shows done, right? And so it's Friday. Everyone's scrambling. The show's due, and I'm like, well, I have this one. It's cut to time. It's all ready to go. If you want it, you can run it for free. Oh, great. Everyone likes free stuff. So they ran it, and they started doing that, and then all of a sudden sponsors would call and say, well, what about that Melissa girl? You got any more hunts with her? And they're like, ah, she's just a cameraman. You don't need her. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I had enough footage. I had enough for one season. I had 13 episodes already. And I actually pitched it to Winchester on a deal I was at just with them. And I don't know how it all worked out, but we got it to happen. And I got the airtime. And the hard part is you have to buy your airtime, right? Right. I don't have anyone bankrolling me. I didn't have any extra money, not a dime. You've been working uh, for free. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I actually put my house on the line to pay for my airtime that first wow. year. Wow. And if you want to learn how to be a good salesman, put it all on the line. Yeah. You figure out how to sell real quickly. <laughs> So that's how I got started. Well, it. that's confidence in yourself. You're like, you know, I'm, I'm going in, and that's it. And luckily, it was just myself, so I went all in. If I failed, it was just me. You know, I didn't have a family. Mm. That helps with stuff. But, yeah, um, that, that'll that make you uh, figure it out real quick. <laughs> that's an incredible story. Yeah. And so now you've got one of the most popular hunting programs on television. Well, well, I don't know. It's on all the time. Five, and, uh, <laughs> five seasons. Uh, we're actually in season 11. What? Yeah, so 11 seasons. That's we're going to we're have to update the cheat sheet. I, yeah. <laughs> no. 11 seasons. Yeah. Well, so it's not like, okay, they ripped you once or twice, and now they're canceling the show. Right, right. No, and, you know, and that's what takes. you ratings. You stay on. Right, and that's what it is, you know, and it's relationships, and it's putting in your time, and it's making quality stuff. It's making things people want to see, and it's learning and, and making things create 
creative in the field. And, you know, as hunters, my goal is to try to get more people involved. Right. I want to get more kids out there. I want to get families out there. I want to show people how good it is for the whole family to do this as uh, together. And I think that's kind of a different angle than what some people take. And it's really seemed to work well. And it's so fun coming to shows like this and you see all the kids and they show you their pictures. I've been coming here five years in a row. Um, it's pretty cool to be able to see kids five years ago that I took pictures with yeah. and see them now. They're taller than me. They're bigger. <laughs> you know, it's pretty fun. Like Pat Nicole's son, Connor, we were talking yeah, about. Yep. I just saw him walk by. I was like, you're like a foot taller than the last time I saw you. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. Yes. So uh, you said fifth year here at this show. Yes. You mm -hmm. must keep a pretty busy schedule between filming wanting to like just hunt on your own or do you always film every time you hunt regardless i film every time i hunt i do 26 new episodes a year there's no time to be hunting without a <laughs> yeah that's amazing yeah. I, I i do have to piggyback on what pat said though like you kill some pretty big stuff well i i have a lot of luck and part of it's because i won't settle for less right so if i go in and i'm looking for a big trophy animal i'm either take it or i'm going to go home without anything because the moment you squeeze the trigger on something that's not quite what you were looking for your hunt's over right the minute so it's brown it's down yeah. hey i grew up with that whole mindset right but you know it's evolved since then and even this year i was mule deer hunting and last year i killed a huge mule deer in colorado velvet spot and stock hunting it's hard but i killed a monster and this year we got in on one and he wasn't a monster he was nice and joey said come on melissa shoot him he goes you can't kill a monster every year and i said well if i kill a small one no i for sure can't yeah, right. so i passed on him and the last day i killed a monster so, you know, it, you just have to be okay with going home empty-handed sometimes and really putting in the extra effort. And you got to know, sometimes it's going to work, sometimes it won't. That's just the way it is. So how did you get into hunting in general? Is it something that was in your family or just something you found passion in? Yeah, so my mom and dad hunted as I grew up. That's what we did together as a family. It's what I loved. Um, when I was in high school, I actually had a work permit, so I didn't have to go to school the first two hours of the day. <laughs> I got to bow hunt every morning before school. My parents called and said I was uh, providing food for the family. That was my job. Um, oh, so it worked out great, but it kind of shows how much I loved hunting. You know, my goal was never to have a TV show. I could care less about that. If I won the lottery tomorrow, I'd be doing the exact same thing I am right now. That's beautiful. Maybe minus the filming part, because I don't care about that part, <laughs> but I'd be hunting every day. Yeah, that's beautiful. So how many hunts a year are you squeezing in with your busy schedule? A lot. Um, I hunt probably right around 300 days a year. Jeez. Which, um, is, which is different from my cheat sheet again. It was at 250 a minute ago. <laughs> I'm done with this. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the, the biggest thing is when you're trying to do a bunch of episodes, you're on the road all the time. And now that I have a family, um, I try not to be gone all the time. My husband comes with me. He's a game warden in South Dakota. Okay. Um, so he can join me on some of the more fun hunts that he chooses. Um, and our kids, you know, we've got great parents that help us with them. Um, but that's my job. It's, I have to be on the road and, and uh, you know, hopefully they can come with us. Jax is three. He's going to go turkey hunting this year and he is pumped. He's got his 410 ready and he's going to shoot one. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. How many kids do you guys have? Four. Four, okay. Yeah. And the ages is Jax your oldest? Nope. So we have one 16, 14, 12, and then three. You have a 16 year old? Um, it's my husband's, it's my stepkid. So okay. I didn't I was say, have you a start 16. when you were four? <laughs> no. <laughs> I could have, I guess, but no. That's amazing. Yeah. But Jax is three. He's ours together um, and so he's just a hunting fool the kid that's all he wants to do he'll be here tomorrow I hope they have the trout pond stock because he is gonna fish it out <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so everybody has um, 
this sort of like, okay, I love to hunt in general, so we're not going to pin you down on that. But is there a specific species that maybe get you a little, a little more riled up about that you enjoy chasing a little bit more? Well, probably for me, it'd be deer. You know, I grew up chasing whitetails. I dreamed of shooting big whitetail bucks. I didn't honestly dream of shooting elk. I didn't dream of shooting moose. I didn't dream of shooting alligators. I dreamed of shooting big bucks, you know. Yeah. And so to me, you know, if you're going to shoot a trophy caliber of anything, a whitetail is going to get me the most excited. But that doesn't mean I don't love all the other hunts, you know. My moose hunts are some of the best I've ever done up in the Yukon. Yeah. They're phenomenal. Um, it's just an enjoyable time. We have great guides that we go with. Um, it's just relaxed. If I wasn't ever filming for anything and just going to do something fun, that'd be the hunt. It's, it's really enjoyable, but, but it's hard to beat those big bucks. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. So when you're sort of on the road as much as you are, how do you keep up with your precision? I mean, you, you must shoot a fair amount, right? Mm -hmm. And what I try to do is I shoot in headlights a lot. Okay. Um, you know, I don't necessarily need to shoot guns in the field. Right. Um, my guns are all locked in, loaded, ready to go. Um, those are pretty good. Bow hunting, you need to be shooting. You know, so if we come in or we're switching spots, I keep a target in the back of my truck. And I shoot at a target down an old dirt road. I shoot in camp or wherever. I think it's important because a lot of times you can get things knocked off. I'm not the best person with gear. I wreck a lot of things. I'm hard on gear. <laughs> um, so I want to be shooting it quite often just to make sure that I didn't mess something up, you know, or something changes because you want to take care of that right away. You don't want to be in the field and all of a sudden you have a chance and you hadn't shot your bow in two weeks and you didn't realize. It's not dialed in. Yeah. And things happen. So I think it's just important. It's good ethics to just keep shooting it and make sure you're spot on. And, you know, and I'll take some longer shots. We have a full cool range at our house. Um, so since I started, I had to deal with Reinhardt targets. Um, they would send me a couple targets each year. My goal was someday to have this huge array of Reinhardt targets and it took years and now I have that. And so we have targets all the way out to 100 yards. Okay. So my husband and I are always shooting long distances, which is nice because then in the field, I'm confident if I need to, if all the, everything's right, I can make some pretty long shots. What's your group at 100? You know, we're, it's, everybody it's, says dinner plate, right? Yeah, I don't know. I can't tell you one way or another. It depends on the day. It depends how good I'm focused. I wouldn't want to tell someone it can always be in a dinner plate and one launches off. But as a rule, the good thing is I'm not going to take a 100-yard shot in the field. I'm not Levi Morgan. Can't do it. He's but what amazing. I can, yes. But what I can do is group it pretty well at 70, right? So if something comes up and everything feels good, I can take some of those longer shots. I don't always take them. Sometimes I'll get to full dry, I don't feel comfortable, let down. Yeah, um, wind picks up or yeah, whatever. Whatever it is. So. Yeah, that's amazing. So one of the things that we were talking about with Pat and Nicole is this sort of like, not necessarily very recent, but in the last probably 10 years, surge of females in the hunting community and how great that is. Do you take pride in the fact that you are an industry leader and a female as a hunter in this community? Well, I think, you know, I look at people before us. My mom, and, you know, my mom was out there. My grandma was a hunter. Uh, she's 79 years old, and I brought her on a mule deer hunt with me just recently. What? She did a spot and stock mule deer hunt, and the only reason I knew she was a hunter is I was going through old footage for my parents just to be nice, and I saw my grandma with this big muley buck, and I said, Grandma, were you a hunter? And she said, well, yeah, but they never took me again. I shot too big of a deer. <laughs> so I brought her again. But, you know, all those people that kind of normalized it, you know, and now I've been able to be a part of it on the television, the social media side, 
And I just love seeing it because I really believe the more women you get involved, the more families that are going to be involved. Right, right. And when we really need things that people can do together. Yeah. You know, everyone sits on their phone and people rarely talk. When you're out hunting, we find places that don't have service. So our kids come, they bring their phones. Oh, shoot, we don't have service here. Sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's a way to be able to kind of get back to, you know, some of those family values and spending time together. And it's something everyone enjoys. It seemed like when it was a prim primarily a male-dominated industry that it was more, okay, it's the hunter's widow weekend or weekends or whatever, and the, the dad would run off and hunt, and the mom was home with the kids. And now, like you said, it's this very family-oriented activity. I think it's great for the industry as a whole where we're seeing this, like the kids getting involved, um, husband and wife maybe have more of a connection in their relationship because this is another thing they can do together, right? Absolutely, and the other thing is men are smart, right? So they realize they involve their wife more funding goes to hunting and hunting activities. Get to do that more. <laughs> My husband's a great example of that. He's like, man, ja Jax and I, we're going to go out with thermals. We should really get about two, three setups because, you know, we can bring him <laughs> That's amazing. And, but it is true. You know, you have more of a connection. I was able to see my mom and dad. They've been married for, you know, I don't know, 40 years or something. Wow. To know that they do that together and it's something they enjoy. You know, they don't live two separate lives. They do a lot of those things together. And I think it's important. So how did you meet your husband? Because you said he's a game warden yep. now, yep. but like, how did that whole thing come I together? Was actually, good, good terms or bad terms? <laughs> it was yeah. good terms. Um, I was out hunting in South Dakota. I had a guide who literally just dropped me off on the coldest peak of a little hill you could find and left me there for the day. And good I luck. was supposed to be deer hunting. And it was like 20 below. My tailgate froze shut. It was so cold we couldn't get into it. We're sitting there, and the game warden pulls up, and I'm thinking, oh, goodness what what a, he goes hey are you guys cold and I said yeah he goes hop in and warm up and I thought well that's nice never checked me nothing just nice talking with us and he's like hey I know where a big buck is I just saw him bedded over here and I'm thinking is this some sort of a sting operation or what this is hold on a second now wait 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 this is the greatest pickup line I've ever heard my entire life and hey, you know uh, there's a big buck over here. It was a big six by six, and I killed that buck. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? The next thing he said is, I got a lot of turkey hunting. You want to come turkey hunting? And I said, yes. And so for probably like five years, I turkey hunted with him every year, got to know their family. And um, he was raising his kids on his own out there. And then um, we went out and did a squirrel hunt with my dog, Porkchop. And we started dating after that and got married shortly after. So. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, it was That's fun. That's a very cool story. <laughs> He's a genius. <laughs> He's a genius. I agree. Just planting the seed early. Yeah, that's he what should, he did. No, I'm, I'm thinking he should write a book, like a self-help book for men. Like, this is how you get it done, boys. Uh, Nate always I, gives I them I think a it only works if they're hunters. Uh, I, I, my, my wife doesn't want to do anything like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, hey, I know her deer. She's like, sounds cool. <laughs> and I do see these things like in hunting camps. It says, well, shopping with your husband's like hunting with the game warden. I'm like, I don't know. I disagree. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So has he ever written you a ticket? Uh, no, no, no. I don't. I really go out of my way to try to be very legal at all times, more so than probably anyone you'll ever meet. And that's, you know, when you've worked really hard, I mean, not saying anyone could make a mistake, but the, the last thing I would ever want to do is make a mistake that would hurt the career I work so hard at. Plus, both of our livings literally come from hunting. So you got to be really careful. Especially in today's day and age where everything's digital, right? Oh, yeah. and like you one don't, tiny thing. Well, and my whole thing is like even with like a, site, a light on your site, right? Um, it's legal in some states, not in some. I don't put stuff on my bow. I don't. That could be illegal somewhere because I never want to make that mistake, you know? Yeah. Um, I surely would never do anything on purpose, but you always worry. We're humans, you know? You could make a mistake. So I'm just really adamant, like to the point where I call local game wardens all the time and I said, I'm coming to the area. 
can I do this, 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 just to double check. You know, I might be a pain, might be asking too many questions, but I'd rather do that and be on the right side. Yeah, you, it's, I think they appreciate that too. Oh, yeah. yeah, you got to really have to cover your bases. Yeah. And you talk about dot and I's and cross and T's. Yeah. When you have so many different facets of not just the fact that you're passionate about hunting, but you've got this programming mm -hmm. and you are not only trying to like represent that you're being ethical and that kind of thing, but you want to be a good example to all these other hunters that oh, are yeah, watching. I see all these kids. I don't, I don't want to make a mistake, you know. So all you can do is the best that you possibly can and, you know, just try to do everything exactly by the book and no gray area. It's black and white. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, uh, we certainly appreciate you taking a few minutes to sit and chat with us. Well, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Do us a favor and just kind of tell everybody where they can find you. So you can find me on Sportsman's Channel every Sunday morning at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, 10.30 Central Time. Um, you can go to melissabachman.com. It's got all the social media from there, and that's all you can figure it out. <laughs> all right, folks. Winchester Deadly Passion with Melissa Bachman. Thank you so much for taking uh, some time to chat with us. Well, thank you for having me. Make sure to like and subscribe, and please hit the bell icon. Stay tuned for more. Boots and Backstraps, brought to you by Homes by Shane and produced by Danny Geo Productions. Boots and Backstraps is proudly brought to you by Homes by Shane. Making your move with the Homes by Shane team means an unparalleled customer service experience. That level of service is the foundation of this referral-based business. Our driven team of experts communicate with their clients every step of the way, ensuring a memorable experience from the first conversation through your closing day. Go to homesbyshane.com for more information. Let's get you home. joined right now by the uh, boys from Whitetail Property Pros, right? Yep, Whitetail Bob Properties Bob and Bryce. Uh, Whitetail Properties Real Estate. All right, fantastic. Well, I'm also a realtor, but not for this kind of thing. I'm a house hustler. <laughs> you guys are into the land deal, right? Yes. So I didn't get the chance to hear the presentation up there, but I'd like to maybe have a little more casual conversation with you guys. I would assume that aside from what you do professionally, you also hunt, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Rabbit, bow hunters. Deer hunters, waterfall hunters, pheasant hunters. How do you transition into this brand? Because I know this is a big deal. I know they're super excited to have you here. We're excited to have you sitting with us. So how did the, the, the Whitetail Properties real estate brand come about? Well, You're probably going to have a little better history than I will. Yeah. So 2007, uh, there are five uh, owners of the company now, if you will, that are eight share owners. Uh, managing brokers, if you will, managing owners. Yeah. Uh, but in 2007, three of the owners got together. Uh, they were buying and selling farms, improving them, uh, putting in trails, food plots, trail cameras, shooting big deer, and then selling and flipping them. And one day, uh, late night, uh, they said, you know, there's nobody doing this nationally. There's plenty of good mom pops, places that are selling properties, yeah. hunting ground, but not doing it nationally, not on a national level. Uh, and so- Not with uh, that business model, right? Exactly, exactly. so Dan Perez, uh, one of our founding uh, founders, if you will, uh, was a real estate agent down there in, in Pike County, Illinois. 
uh, and Paul and Dan went to them and, or, and said, or Paul and Pete went to them and said, this is what we want to do. What do you think? And so Dan left a pretty good real estate career uh, to start Whitetail Properties. And for an entire year, Whitetail Properties was a TV show. So they That's brand, a great way to get marketing. <laughs> they literally branded the company, you know, this logo for yeah. an entire year, Field and Stream, you name it. Second year of the TV show, they put a phone number on, on the TV show. And as Paul always recalls, is every Tuesday night, the five of us sat down with boxes of pizza at a table and the phone just rang off the hook. When that phone number rang, the phone number came up on the website or on the on the uh, show, phone rang off the hook. Hey, I want to buy land where Dan killed that deer. I want to buy land over there. Can you sell my property over? And it's just continued to grow. We're in 39 states now. Uh, we have a little over 300 agents. Uh, last year, we sold, sold just over 2.95 billion in land sales. I did see that uh, on the website blurb. I was like, yeah. holy moly. A little over 5,000 uh, transactions nationwide. It's a little over 13 properties a day. I think Jeez. we had, can't remember off the top of my head. I think it was like 150 million plus dollar transactions last year. Uh, a little over 673,000 acres sold nationwide. So for this business model, do you have agents in all 39 states or do you like you travel then? Like we have, somebody calls you from another yeah. state, right? Yeah, we have agents in all 39 states. So what's different about our real estate company as opposed to other ones is we all have our own territory. Okay. So we're all licensed in Minnesota. There's 11 agents in Minnesota, but each of us has our own specific territory. Sure. So Bob's in the southeast part of the state. I'm in the southwest part of the state. If the phone rings and um, in my comes to me and I'm in southwest Minnesota and somebody has a property to sell up north, I'm going to turn that over to the agent that's up north. Okay. And that's the way all of our state models work. So when we say that we're in 39 states, uh, we've got agents in all of those states that are professionals in those specific areas. And I think that's really key for any real estate um, agent to understand your market, but maybe even more so for what you do, right? To be in a kind of a niche type of industry. Yeah. When people call and ask us questions, they want to know about the deer hunting in that area. They want to know what their neighbors are going to be like. They want to know um, what the licensing structure is like in those areas and how many tags they can get and if they can bait and all those kind of questions. And if you're not in that area and hunt in that area, you're not going to know the answer to those questions. So when you're, I would assume that there's some kind of a, I mean, not just interview process, but like sort of like a background checking of not just them as a real estate professional, but also them as a hunter too, right? Before you bring somebody on. Yeah, that's definitely a big part of it. Uh, they want to know that you have a passion for land and that's usually hunting for most of us, right? But um, that goes a lot deeper than that. Farmers have a passion for land. So if you're a farmer, you can fit into this model. Um, we've got fisheries biologists on staff. We've got people that do a ton of habitat management um, in the southeast part of the country. Forestry is huge. A lot of those guys are foresters by trade and have been doing it their whole lives. So um, while we think is having a passion for the land starts with whitetail deer and it usually does but it goes a lot deeper than that for some of our guys i think that that is where we as hunters want things to be it's not just about knocking down animals it's about conservation understanding the ecosystems understanding the land managing all that so that we get healthy populations and healthy relationship with the land right yeah without a doubt i yeah. also think it's it's big to know if you're going if you're if you're a buyer and you're going to look at a property to know is the person representing you know what they're doing do they, <laughs> right. you know do they know they do they know high ground from low ground do they know the point that the reason why you want 
north and south axis or top and bottom axis or four axes if you can, right? Do they know that? Do they know what a funnel looks like or a saddle or a pinch point? Do they know what those are and why they're a benefit to you as a hunter? Right. Or just someone out there going, uh, I think this is the property. I think over there is a corner and I think over there is the corner. Or do they have an interactive map if it's MapRite or Hunt Onyx and they can actually walk you around the property and show you the whole thing. Right. Yeah, like question one when they call you, like, hey, everyone that works for us has boots. Yeah. So yeah. they're going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like not, a, not a bunch of guys driving beamers with uh, alligator low, you know, low tops or whatever. Yeah. This is about as dressed up as you see us. That's perfect. Polo shirt and jeans. About as good as it gets. I'm the same way when I, uh, as a real estate agent, just residential real estate, I always tell people, look, if you have a problem with me wearing cowboy boots and jeans, then I'm not the guy for you. Yeah. Like, you yep. know, this, this is how I dress. I'm more, I'm more focused on, I'm like you guys, more focused on providing that the high level of service than necessarily worried about that image piece of it, right? Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So 2007 is when this whole thing started. Yep. That's kind of a rough time to be getting into real estate. Yep. The housing market was in the tank and yeah. we were taking off. So yeah. I've been with us, uh, with the company nine years. So when I started, we were 16 states okay. and uh, I was agent 62. Okay. So it's pretty impressive for me when we go to our national sales meeting in, in St. Louis to walk through that. I know pretty much every agent before me, a handful behind me. But when you get into guys in Texas and South Carolina, North Carolina, it, it's it's shocking from being early on in the stage to see where the company's grown. Uh, but it's also it's so like-minded, like Bryce said, these guys are gals. We have gals working for us too uh, that are like-minded. They're hunters, they're farmers, they're biologists, uh, land land conservationists, right? But I can sit down at a table with them at, at our meeting and have a conversation just like you and I, and it's like you've known somebody for ten years because we just are all like-minded. We're we're a big team. We're we're your 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 real estate company right they'll, they'll they'll hire quite frankly probably 100 different people right. within two miles of your house if they, yes. if, if they can hire them right right uh, unfortunately it's a numbers game in real estate and that's how most real estate companies look at it is one of you might sell 20 houses one of you might sell 50 might one might sell one one of you might not eat today uh we're, we're a little different it's, it's cutthroat it, it, yeah we want to our, our company's based on the fact we want them to be a professional uh, in their territory, make an honest living, and, and and the moral high road is our biggest thing. And so we don't want uh, three of us working in Southeast Minnesota and being cutthroat each Competing other. Competing for the that, same that, business. That, that doesn't do the business any good either. Mm-hmm. So it's a big family. It's a big team. Um, I think the team of Minnesota is probably the I'm biased, but best team in, the, in, in our company, uh, our, our wives spend. I assume you guys are both Minnesota then? Yeah. yeah. Our, our wives spend, uh, you know, our wives spend girls weekends on their own without us. Uh, and so it's, it's just a big family. And we're always out there helping each other to make sure uh, each one of us is successful. Because if each one of us is successful, it helps the whole team. So are you also married then, Bryce? Yes. Okay. And are your uh, families involved in the business at all or just you guys? Not ours. Um, yeah. There is definitely some people like there's a family downstairs, uh, Mark Her, his son, Kyle is a land specialist for our team, and he just oh, cool. brought his daughter Kayla on to sell rural homes for him. And his wife is uh, working in the office for him, running social media and sending newsletters and doing all those things. So his entire family is working for Whitetail Properties in Minnesota. That's fantastic. Yeah. So talk me through, let's say somebody calls you, right? They're on the phone. They say, hey, I've got a parcel of land I'd really like you to sell. What does that look like? You obviously schedule time to go look at the land, I presume, is the, kind of the first step, right? Yeah. Um, right now, uh, when 
there is so much out there as far as digital mapping. That's usually the first step is we okay. try to get a legal description from them, pull it up in front of me, uh, look at it on a digital map, and then have them talk to you about it. Um, how is the hunting there? It's got a crick going through it. Talk to me about the crick. I see there's a road here. Uh, talk to me about that trail. I see it has a house on it. Talk to me about that. So we can go through a lot of that stuff just looking at the computer screen at first. Sure. And then from there, topography kind of, and yeah, all that, right? Yeah. And then I like to talk to them about their goals and especially timeline. A lot of people, when they call, very few of them are ready to sell today or tomorrow. Sure. So I talk to them about their timeline as far as when they're ready to sell. And then, yeah, that's kind of the time when I, I try to set up a meeting with them, go out there and get boots on the ground and let them drive you around the property and show you why it's important to them. Um, because there's going to be pieces of that property that mean a lot to them and have sentimental value. And you want to know what those are. So right. you can tell the buyer about that when you take buyers out there to show it to them. It's probably helpful for you as an agent to understand the nuances of the property, to add that color, right, to your listing, to say, hey, there are all these, not just like sort of straightforward statistical pieces that go into what is that property, but also the nuances of, like you said, the little things that they maybe know about it that, that you wouldn't know by looking at a map. Yeah. Um, everybody, it seems like names, they're blind. I see, I feel like. So if you go onto a property and somebody will say, you know, this is my daughter's blind and we call it Kayla's blind because this is where she shot her first deer. And buyers like to hear those That's stories. Cool story. They can set themselves in the blind and, and they can say, oh my gosh, I've got a daughter and I can't wait for her to, to shoot her first deer in there and and that's that's all those are real stories that that happen and people want to be in those positions yeah right no doubt about it it also helps when you go tour that property and they're giving you information about the property and it, you'll pick up on something that hey uh, okay, you say you're going through that gate, you're looking at the map going, well, no, you don't have, that's not your property. You know, is that an easement? Oh, no, George has always let me go through it. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, well, let's backtrack. We need to know if that's an easement or not because George might not let the next guy come through that gate and access the property. So we need to know that, not just assume that that's an okay access or an easement. Uh, so those are things as you go through the property of the client, you pick up on some stuff or when you're looking at the map going, they're telling you, no, we come in from this side or we come in from that side. You're going, well, you don't have any direct road access, so how are you getting there? Do you have an easement or don't you? Uh, those things are very helpful when you're riding around the client to pick up on it. When you're doing it long enough, you pick up on those things to make sure. Uh, I'm an I-Daughter T-Crosser. I want to take care of the headaches on the front side, not once we have a purchase agreement and we're trying to close, going, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you about this, or oh, oh yeah, yeah, by the way, title just called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got a problem here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can only imagine doing what you do that access is a big part of it, right? Because not everybody's got a parcel that's right on a roadway where they've got a driveway that's already cut in or whatever. Yeah, and it can be uh, it can be cumbersome. It can be very straightforward, but it, it can also be very cumbersome. I got one right now. We listed it. We sold it. We sold it two days. Got title worked out. We had a survey done. Survey's been done for years. Come to find out, uh, the deed does not uh, match the survey. Oh, seller forgot to tell me. Yeah, you know, I had it surveyed ten years ago, and uh, he did say there's some issues going on there. There's a gap uh, between what my my deed calls for to what there's a gap between the state and my head and my land. Uh, oh great! Oh well, now we got a problem. We got to get that cleaned up. Oh, also now that we're looking at survey, yeah, that crosses the neighbor's corner too. Your driveway does. Okay, well we don't have an easement. Now we're gonna go get an easement from the neighbor, get that recorded to satisfy the buyer, and make sure that he has good legal access to to the property to the house. <laughs> yeah, and you'd have to hope that that neighbor is like amicable to working with you, and they don't make it hard on you. Yeah, because that can, can be a nightmare. It can go both ways. You can 
luckily for us that the neighbor understands driveways have been there forever and, and yeah I'm, I'm happy to do so but yeah it, it, it can go the other way title companies love us because <laughs> simple and easy usually isn't simple and e easy right. when it comes to uh, title work and, and closings on land deals you know obviously as a residential agent you're you're used to working with one buyer one seller and, yep uh, we deal with uh, anywhere from one seller to 15 sellers oh, and yeah. they're not always on the same page yeah, and you get that family estate situation where it was land that was passed down from generation to generation, and then there's six siblings that all have a piece. Oh, and by the way, four of them don't live in this state anymore, and you got to like overnight dox to everybody. And yeah, I know we don't do e signing. Right. So yeah, there's. Oh, we need wet signature. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of that to work through uh, when you get to do it land. <laughs> oh, that, that's super cool, though. I mean, what an exciting job to be not feeling like you're just showing kitchens and bathrooms all the time to get out there and, and walk land like that with your client and see all those little nuances like you mentioned the creek and is there standing water on the property and are there like hinge cuts already everywhere like all those kinds of things where people come into it with that mentality of we're buying this property because we want to hunt it want to cultivate it for hunting if it's not already set up that way or maybe somebody that that is already a hunter and they understand what they have in value and then finding the right buyer for them right yes correct i would say in a majority of my area the stuff i'm selling even though it's my opinion a pretty darn good spot in southeast minnesota is is a lot of the sellers or folks that have bought the farm 10 15 20 years ago really enjoyed it put a lot of love and energy into it and in the last five or ten years that's faded as they got older the kids have moved away and gone out of college and got married uh and so they're ready for the next owner to appreciate it again and, and put some sweat and energy into it and make it what it was the memories they had yeah uh, so that's why i see a, I, I i enjoy it because you know, there's so much satisfaction that person has saved their entire life uh, to buy that piece of ground and now they can envision all the things they're going to do to it so it's just very fulfilling to be able to do that uh and you know when it comes to land it's not just land right we do tillable land we also do houses but houses in the country we don't do residential in the city it's out in the country we have a good following of people that not so get much out urban country. more rural yes <laughs> yeah that's, that's my jam man i love that stuff yep i, I don't blame you <laughs> yeah it's a little tougher to, to it seems like there's a lot more properties for sale in the cities these days. Yeah, I know. You know, finding stuff outside that, like, core of St. Paul, Minneapolis is pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah, we get that call all the time, man. I'm looking for five acres. A little five, ten acres, some woods. A pond would be great. Or a little creek would be great. High-speed internet. Uh, asphalt road, but out of the but out in the country. Yeah, those, those calls happen quite a bit. Uh, you know, you like, got to mute your phone to, like, chuckle a little. Okay, yeah. Yep. High-speed internet, and you want acreage. Okay. Yeah, well, surprisingly, in southeast Minnesota, it's, uh, it's out there. Really? Yeah, it's, it's out there. You'd think with all the valleys and kind of the mountain range and stuff down there, it would be tough, all the hills. Well, they've, they've got a lot of high-speed internet out there, fiber optics out there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very cool. A lot of grants the state of Minnesota has done. Oh, great. So, <laughs> that part's good, but there's not a lot of properties for sale. Well, let me ask you this. So once the, the deal consummates, right, you help them purchase the land or help them, well, we'll stay on the purchase side specifically for this question, but they buy the land. Do you have resources or do you within your own entity help them to develop it for hunting? Yeah, if, if they have uh, aspirations and they want us to help them through that process, a lot of us across Whitetail Properties can help that with them directly. A lot of people have food plot equipment and those kind of things. Um, but if we don't do it ourselves, then we're going to know people that do, and we can get them hooked up with uh, any kind of those folks. And Bob talked about it in, um, in the seminar, but uh, just because you need a bulldozer to uh, go out there and clear some trails, you probably shouldn't go to Google 
and try to find the first three people that do bulldozer work because you're going to end up with some really expensive quotes um, and people that maybe don't don't specialize in cutting trails through a deer hunting property that probably do more commercial. So we're going to know the guys that own a bulldozer and do it uh, for deer hunting properties and not commercial use. And, right. and, they, and they know if they're getting if they're getting called from clients of ours. We know that the customers can be taken care of because they know they don't treat the customer correct. They're they not going to get. Gonna the get they're not going to get more referrals uh, to take care of our clients because we want to make sure the clients taken care of. That's uh, and that's that's great. You want that with any industry partner, whether it's mortgage, title, like you said, some of those extracurriculars, depending on what they want to do with the land, to have that mutual understanding of the expectation. Yeah, because yeah. you want that service level to be there. Yeah, yeah, because you're you're putting your stamp of approval. You're put, it's just like you doing the work. So you're you're putting your name on the line by giving them. That, that reference to use. So uh, it, it, you got to make sure who you're giving it to and it, you better darn well take care of your client. Yeah. Otherwise, your name could be just as much mud, even though you did everything perfect on uh, representing on the buy side of the property. They could, they could shift real quick. It's amazing to me how easily that can change in this climate. You know, you get one bad Google review and it can just kind of spiral out of control from there. So it's so important to pay attention to, to what your clients' needs are and, and strive to give them the highest level of service. Yeah, perception is reality right now. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's easier to, to create perception than it ever has been. In the digital space especially. Yeah. And it seems like that's a byproduct that we can't get around, right? You got to, like you said, you do the TV show and you got to have social media and you got to have web page and you got to have all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great if you didn't have to have those things. It'd take a lot of hours out of your week, but uh, you just can't live without it right now. You have to have it in order for people to find you. You got to be out there. You'd rather be sitting in a deer stand than sitting there posting on TikTok, but yep. like one feeds the other, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, that's terrible. Yep. So you guys are uh, are you presenting just today, or are you going to be here tomorrow too? We have another seminar tomorrow. I believe it's at noon. Okay, perfect. So tell folks where they can find you. Where to the left of the main entrance when you come in uh don't know what our booth number is no 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 it's fine i mean online online oh online we do know how to find you there yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where, if people because when they see this show they're going to want to go okay where do i go to find these guys on the interweb yeah yeah just whitetailproperties.com okay um and then once you get on whitetailproperties.com there's a lot of different ways you can search for us um, you can go to agents and when you click on the agents tab the state of minnesota will come up you can click on the state of Minnesota. Bryce or Bob. Yep, and then all 11 agents that are in Minnesota will come up there. There will be a picture of us with our name underneath it and then the territory we cover. Okay, so if you're, great. And if you're not really looking for a specific agent, you're just looking for an area um, to purchase property in, you can search by property and then a map will come up and all the properties that are active will be right there and you can kind of click through them and see which ones you're interested in. To see what's in, in your inventory, right? Yeah, and yeah. what's really cool about our website, right, is that... You can search, it's extremely user-friendly, of course, it's built for land, so you can search price range, you can search if you want tillable ground, hunting ground, waterfall ground specific properties across the nation, within a state, within a county. So you can price it for a price range, like I'm looking for 200 to 300,000 across five states. You can set up your own search and, and have it saved, so as soon as something comes up, you'll get an email about it, right? Yeah, that's great. Uh, so it's extremely user-friendly. Uh, as far as that goes. It sounds pretty sophisticated. It, yeah, um, we make it sound easy, but yeah, it's, it's extremely sophisticated on the backside. Well, that's what you need to, to, to be looking in this type of a um, search specific. When you're looking for hunting land, then Whitetail Properties is the place to go, right? That's right. Correct. All right. Well, thanks a lot for joining us today, guys. I really appreciate your time. I know you're busy and you got to get to the booth and do all the politicking. Yep. Kiss a few babies, shake a few hands. Yep. 
Bob and Bryce, pleasure to meet you boys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thanks for sitting in. You bet. Come on now. Honey's on, looking for bag straps. Way deep in the woods. Tracking in a swamp to a hay field under the harvest moon. When the tags are filled, it's time to switch up our boots. Head down to the honky tonk, get us a swing dance or two. We're talking about boots and back straps. Here we go. I blow up the... <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> Here, how's about this one? Try this one. <laughs> That's awesome.